wibbly sure. wobbly timey wimey stuff. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Javert. <laughs> and I'm Brad. And this is Fools with Tools, the podcast for the sequential shipwright. And also the episode where I'm probably going to throw up live on air. Uh, so, gentlemen, how are we? What's everyone been up to? Brep, you're going last. So, Al, what do you oh, think? Double psych. Um, today, I am been mostly uh, cladding the side of the hack shack because my next door neighbour decided to tear down his garage, which meant that the entire fucking east wing of the hack shack was open to the elements and, uh, yeah, needed uh, fucking ship lapping. That's one reference for Mike there. Um, and he did feather edging the whole thing because it's like the wettest weather that England has experienced in like 50 years or something stupid. So it was like an emergency trip to uh, the wood store and then, yeah, up all night in the dark, fucking attaching, <laughs> attaching clad into the side of the shack. Uh, but it's all done, okay. looks good, and we're, we're safe. Nice. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice for my neighbour to give me some warning before doing that. Yeah. Um, but that's all good. That's all sorted. Um, so hang yesterday. On, what, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. So was that uh, the wall that was like against the yeah. thingy? Yeah. So was, did that not originally have anything on it? Was it just like the frame and you're such a fucking... <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Carry on then. <laughs> I couldn't get down the fucking alley. It was like four inches. In front of your face! Like down the side of the fucking shack. You're supposed to do that before you put that wall up. All right, easy, easy, you two. <laughs> well, that's what you've been up to, Al. It had bin bags done it. Um, the yesterday was the North of England woodworking show. Um, yes, it was. Which I had the pleasure of hosting. Dan, don't call me Dandles, Dandles for the weekend. <laughs> um, he came up from France and stayed at mine, and we went to the show yesterday. Uh, and Phil from Darkstar joined us as well. It was a lovely little oh. Saturday um, and the most boring show I've ever been to. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it was, it was, um, <laughs> there's not a lot there, to be honest. Uh, and for the biggest woodworking show in England, I mean, I think uh, Yandel's kind of wiped the floor with it. So, um, nice. Yeah, they've, they've got a lot to learn. So, yeah, but nonetheless, it was a, a pleasant afternoon. Um, uh, there was a couple of people there as well that we missed because I got a few like Instagram posts in the afternoons. Uh, I think big uh, Andrew McQuillan was there and he was like, oh, um, I think I missed the boys. Um, and Niall was there. Niall had come down from, from Edinburgh as well and said that he just, I think, I think he saw me, but we were hot-footing it out of there sharpish because <laughs> there wasn't much going on. Um, <laughs> yes, so been doing that. Um, forged a chicken, as is now tradition, is the Ooh, official... Yeah. The official meal of the the the, the charcoal forge. Yeah, um, yeah. Seriously, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that Al has spoken to about your spatchcock chicken. It's the way to do it. It's the yeah. future. Yeah, he's and like some like proper top barbecue chefs and shit as well. And he's like, oh, you've got to you've got to meet Al. You've got to try his chicken. <laughs> great. Um, What's funny about that is if my Alex is listening to this episode, he's been doing that for the last couple of years once he found out about uh, spatchcocking and just it changed his world. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. Spatch, spatchcocking's always been a good thing, but I think it's just the uh, the the way that Al did it on the, the charcoal was just 
cooking on fire Excellent. is like is just a whole new dimension to meat as well because yeah it's not your traditional you know like a roasted chicken in the oven it's this constant heat all the way around whereas like yeah. fire cooking is almost like kind of like pan frying but you yeah. know roasting at the same time it's like a totally different way of cooking almost like a like a spit on a kebab or something so yeah it's a, a totally different way of cooking to it yeah yeah no it's chemistry good. in that um yeah, and then today I made a start on the treasure trade because we've got two fucking weeks. No, you haven't. Uh, By the time this comes out, you've got a week. Oh, boobs. What? Yeah, but back yeah. in time when we're recording this, I've got two weeks. Yeah. A week? Um, yeah. I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> yeah. 30 Welcome days of September, April, June, and November. Yeah, you, well, but it's the only the world of international postage. Fucking hell. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I wasn't ready for that one. Yeah. Chop, chop. Uh, yes, because, again, Brett is going last, because then we can segue into the topic. Uh, I have... What have I been up to? I've been working a lot. Uh, I've not even thought about my treasure trade person yet, so... <laughs> I've Sorry. thought about a person, I've just not been able to do the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose that's a good thing. And well, I've I've thought about the person and like I've I've managed to quickly check out the their uh, Instagram and look at it and go, okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna think about what I can do for them and have so far come up with zero ideas, but <laughs> I've had like zero headspace to do it. Um but yeah, uh Things for market production, um, mostly we've been very busy. Uh, we've also done some other exciting things, which I can't talk about yet, uh, but for future stuffs. Um, and uh, Saturday, I uh, I went to watch the rugby because a friend had bought me tickets to go see uh, the Barbarians, the Fiji at Twickenham. Uh, he brought me tickets for my birthday back in March, and reminded me two weeks ago. I had completely <laughs> forgotten about that. So, uh, yeah, like an impromptu trip to the rugby, which was both wonderful and awful. Because Wonderful because rugby, awful because I had not slept for most of last week, and I was in, like, in a weird kind of otherworldly state the entire time. Uh, plus... I don't know if you've uh, ever noticed this, but Clapham Junction uh, and Twickenham Stadium, which is the only two places we really stopped other than a bar, uh, they don't really serve food that's not wrapped in bread or pastry, neither of which I can eat. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> not without being in incredible amounts of pain. So, uh, so yeah, I was surviving off of uh, many, many packets of uh, crisps, which... Um, Mixing with Guinness was uh, was interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's it. Uh, right. So I mostly just work and rugby. Uh, Brett, what about you? What have you been up to? Sorry, I... that's really unenthusiastic then. I, it's because I was looking down at yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Whatever. Brett, what have you been up to, my friend? Hey, I'm very excited. I posted a video this morning uh, featuring everyone's favourite well, one of everyone's favorite Canadians that we all know. Um, Pat Lapp. Oh. <laughs> Pat Lapp was in the shop a while back, and I had I'd filmed just some pickup shots with him 
knowing that he wanted me to make him some wood turning tools, which I know nothing about wood turning other than the very minimal amount that I've done. So I know how to put it on the lathe and I know how to use two or three different tools that make shapes go into the wood. <laughs> uh, so Pat had sent me a couple of reference photos and I sure as hell gave it my best. Um, I think technically they worked, but there may be some nuance in terms of the sharpening or uh, bevels on the two tools. Finished that video yesterday, posted it, made Pat into a shop elf, which was a fun little bit of editing. Um, because he's, he's, I'm not sure he's real. I think he's a fake person or he's an elf, magical elf. Either way, delightful chat that he is. Um, yes. And I'm trying to get my to-do list together over the next couple of weeks in in terms of builds and things. And thank you for reminding me that the treasure trade needs to be done soon (laughs) because I did buy a handful of materials this morning to help with said build. Um, but I'm a bit binged on time and that is because I will be officially moving on to the next part of my adventure what? Uh, in, in the coming weeks. Oh, don't act surprised, Al. <laughs> Can't fake it for the show. It was the, it was the audience. Uh... <laughs> when? The, no, you need that like, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> the dumb club sound. Uh, yeah. So I, I chatted with Jimmy the other day and it's been maybe over the last few months. Um, I've just been trying to get a little bit more time for myself to work on projects. And it's, it's been a bit of a, it's, it's been difficult to like allow myself time or, or find time in the day to actually, you know, work on the projects or get videos done because we all know that dedicating the time to make a thing is, you know, a substantial enough ask for anybody, but then to, be filming it and then editing the videos and posting them. It's just a lot to, it's a lot for anybody to do. And then I was trying to balance time with Jimmy and it became, uh, yeah, it became really difficult over, over the last say six months. And that's really just because I feel a lot more confident and comfortable with what I want to do and, and the kind of the path that I'm starting to walk down for myself Um, so we had the talk the other day, he was nothing but respectful and awesome. And we had a nice, like lovey moment of, (laughs) I wouldn't, and this is, this is completely genuine. And I mean this in case anybody hears this, um, you know, if it wasn't for three years ago, walking into Jimmy's shop and like learning everything from watching his videos and, and just setting foot in there to to try and figure out if I could maybe be involved in some capacity. I would have never met you guys. I would have never been in the community to begin with, let alone had this podcast and the channel and everything and all the skills and knowledge that I've gained. So the last three years have been great, you know, tons of experience and tons, tons of just everything that I've learned over the last couple of years is irreplaceable. So I will probably spend the rest of my life, trying to make sure that Jim feels like, you know, he's, uh, he's thanked enough 
for, <laughs> for what I feel like I owe him. But yeah, so I'm pinched a little bit on time. I want to do a couple of builds before I have to uh, take off. It, it didn't help that in the process of my apartment getting re renovated, not re renovated, renovated. Um, <laughs> ran into a couple of issues with my landlord and she wasn't so helpful in terms of timing and things. So then it ended up just kind of, uh, fueling the, the adventures going forward. And so by the middle of December, if not a little bit before that, I need to be out of the apartment and on to the next thing. I'll be going to Kansas city to spend the holidays with my folks there's already a couple of you know once i told the family about it they were like oh i i, I, I want to build this thing can you help me build this thing <laughs> yeah like oh shit it's gonna be middle of winter in kansas and people are gonna want stuff uh built probably outdoors so we'll see i'm i'm excited going forward it's you know obviously a bit stressful to think about not having all of the tools and, and equipment and obviously having Jimmy there as an ear all the time. Uh, it's, it's a bit stressful to think about that and not being around it all the time. But again, I think it really comes back to, uh, I've said it to, on my Patreon a few times where it's like, this is, I want to be doing my own thing and be, independently supporting myself and and you know the crew has helped immensely and everyone's been super supportive but i've been crazy quiet over the last couple of months because all this stuff's been going on in the background so posting the video this morning was good i feel good about being able to put something up i'm happy to have made some tools that will hopefully get used in the future and it's weird to think about a year ago i would have never thought to have the confidence of like, yeah, I could, I've never done that before. I've never made those before. And Pat's going to want to try and use them, but it's like, yeah, I think I, I think I could do this. <laughs> and it was only a little bit more of like a, a reinstilling of the idea. It's like, I, I, I've learned a few things. I think I kind of know what I'm doing. So I'll send those off to Pat <laughs> knowing that I made tools that I was like asked to make because I <laughs> technically have a skill set that can do those things. It's really, it's really weird. Like, I, obviously, I, I had no idea that you were making those tools or, or doing that build video or anything. Um, and at the woodworking show, it's very much like you know for wood turners that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and while I was there, I was kind of like, oh, you know, like I've, I've, um, I've got some basic things for the lathe that that, that, that JP gave me. Um, but I do need to, to to knock up like a few or get hold of a few like just simple turning tools. And I, I wasn't spending like, I, I literally went to a woodworking show with no money. Um, but it was like, it was like old files for a quid in a box. There was like yeah. one secondhand stall. And I was like, I can make these into turning tools. So yeah. I just got like a couple of rusty old like files. And I was like, I can knock these down, put an edge on them and hopefully, yeah, yeah reforge them into something that's useful to me. So while you were making turning tools, I was actually considering the same thing. So there you go. Um, it'll, it'll probably be my next my next forging build anyway. Um, nice. But yeah, just more, not as a build, but just to make a tool that I need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. that, that tool steel, a lot of people um, make knives out of those yeah. old rasps and files and things mm. like that. But 
they're it's a pretty tough steel and they will hold a decent edge especially yeah. if you use them against like very soft steel yeah, yeah. Like, like i mean steel. i mean it's essentially i'm it's not what i need is like a, a kiridashi like yeah. it doesn't need to be anything it doesn't need to have any like profile like you were doing yeah. Oh, that's but that's exactly what that was when he sent me the reference. That right. weird shape, that weird Z shape that's in yeah. it. It was just a kiridashi, like a right. big kiridashi. Um, I just didn't quite have the stock big no, enough to do like, that. I don't need to fill this back bit in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of honors knives. <laughs> it worked really well. Uh, it goes over the tool rest and just yeah. kind of glides there. <laughs> and so I think it, this is me not knowing anything about wood turning tools, but uh, I made that weird shape just going, I think this will work. Like, it's the same thing. It's just going to be this kind of triangular shape, whatever. A thousand um, years of tooling can't be wrong. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then when I actually did, like, the little uh, the little demo there at the very end of the video, I, <laughs> I definitely had a couple of flubs hmm. that weren't shown. But uh, at one point, it just kind of knocked itself back and then laid in the tool rest where that little <laughs> crook is. And I was like, oh. Well, what if I just put the tool rest really close and then just lay it on there? That seems perfect. <laughs> then your hands aren't even really that close to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only thing I would say, out if you're going to use uh, files for turning tools is hmm. because of the kind of steel it is, they, it's, it's very, very hard, right. very, very brittle. Uh, okay. And they have a tendency to shatter. Ooh, um, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, so... Possibly not the best thing to use, but uh, it's, uh, sure. it's yeah. As long as you do um, your heat treatment on it fairly decently, then it's you for be aluminium right. and, and kebab meat anyway. It's not for wood. Yeah, that'd be fine then. Um, but yeah, no, that sounds awesome, Brett. Uh, that was a good segue into talking about things falling off my desk. Uh, into talking about the future. Uh, and what comes next and future plans and all that sort of lovely stuff. Uh, obviously, we're coming up to the end of the year. Um, there's lots of people thinking about what's going to happen in the next 12 to 18 months because, you know, it, it's it's always what kind of starts happening this time of year. People start to, thinking about uh, what they've achieved in the last 12 months, what they want to achieve in the next 12 months. Um, and this is also the time of year where, pe- where things start getting announced. So you've obviously got things like uh, Maker Central is now officially happening. Uh, we can finally actually talk about it. Tickets are on sale. Um, people have started buying, uh, booking hotel rooms and things like that. Of buying um, hotel rooms, judging by the fucking yeah, prices. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's there's lots of other events that are being uh, sorted out for next year. We've we've started booking out the uh, the classes for next year um, and the festivals and all things like that. Um, and getting all that booked in. Um, so, yeah, it seems like a good opportunity to talk about uh, what's coming up and what our future plans are and things we want to kind of uh, achieve and do and get involved with and all that sort of lovely stuff. Um, so, yeah, if either of you got anything... Brett, you're still mute, by the way. Uh, have either of you got anything you particularly wanted to talk about? No? Brett's pulling a funny face. Yeah, but Brett's also muted because he needs time, time out. out. Time out, Tifa, time out. Books! Uh, <laughs> yeah, so have you got anything in particular you want to talk about? 
not particular, but I'll just ramble on anyway to fill some time. Um, so yeah, the, the the idea of like what's next is something that's come up a lot for me this year. Um, obviously, in terms of you know my path and what I want to do that's next, you know, similar to Brett's conversation um, that he's just had that obviously took a lot of thinking and weighing things up and working things out and budgeting and timing and stuff. Um, but a lot of the kind of conversations that I've been having at work and with clients and and with some of the sort of extracurricular stuff that I do outside of work, it's all about kind of um, like personal development, um, yeah. which sounds like a sort of corporate tool for working harder, but actually people giving a sh- less of a shit now about kind of being promoted and being more senior and, you know, yeah. the traditional sort of corporate ladder, which was always the kind of the, the path that you took as, as you got older and then died. Um, but now it's more about kind of actually what's in it for me. So, you know, I'm going to work every day, but what am I getting out of it? Um, yeah. And this idea of, of, of what's coming up and what's next for me and what, um, you know, what, what what's the point ultimately um, is this idea of like the impact. So what, what, what the things that you do have on you and your life and you know, the people around you. So for me, the kind of the future is, you know, I, I want to, I want to learn things. I want to, you know, do things differently. The idea yeah. of doing the same thing for 30 years drives me insane. Um, so whether that's finding new avenues for work or finding new ways to express myself creatively or new skills to learn or new tools to, 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 to kind of not master, but whatever the opposite of master is, <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it, it, that that's that's the the, the biggest thing. The, the most interesting thing for me in yeah. well, in my life anyway, is is what's coming next. Um, yeah. And a lot of it I don't know, and that's that's also part of the charm and part of the um, excitement is that yeah. I don't actually know. You know, that I've never ever had that conversation with anyone of like, hey, "What's your five year plan?" It's like. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, the moon. I've no idea. Like, yeah. what, um, and the, the the sort of inability to answer that. It's never been like a stubborn thing. Like, oh, I'm not telling you what I'm doing in five years. Like, I'm no fucking idea. Yeah. Um, and that's, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I really like the point you made about uh, the personal development thing, though, because that was obviously uh, a big thing uh, in the IT world yeah. as well. Um, and the whole thing about you know, like you say most most guys that are doing um uh development and things like that they're not they don't want to move on to management they, no. they, they the idea of doing it fucking terrifies most of them um and uh but they they want to be better at what they do so that is it, there's that constant thing about personal development and it's the same with uh like i'm finding with um working for al is i don't i don't want to be uh a, a, a fucking VP of sales or whatever else it's <laughs> going to be like there's there's many other things I want to do within the business um but at the heart of it is always going to be making I mean and Alex is the same we've we've been talking a lot um recently about some things that might be happening in the next uh 12 to 18 months and mm. unfortunately it's nothing that I can actually talk about publicly <laughs> which is really frustrating um but yeah there's some really exciting things happening and and we were talking about the fact that actually, um, like Alex doesn't want to be spending all of his time sat at a desk or in a meeting or doing whatever. He like the whole point of him doing what he does is he loves 
making he loves making stuff yeah. um and we talk about like how my role in within the business might change a little bit and i might be doing a little bit less of the production stuff and and everything else but at the heart of it like the reason that i wanted to work for alex is because it meant that i was doing like a batch of 400 skewers so you know i was doing those tapers over and over again because it means that actually that's that's that is development and that's development that is is kind of the the non-glamorous side of of development it's that um it's it's going to the gym and lifting the same weight 50,000 times you know it's it's uh it's a footballer kicking up 100 balls at the goal or whatever it is it's that repetition that's that's not very glamorous it's not going off and making the the newest latest greatest thing that you really want to make it's it's just getting those basic skills sorted and constantly keeping on top of them um and uh i think that's kind of that's something that i'm very conscious i want to keep doing for as long as possible um and it, i don't ever see it as um as not progressing because i'm still doing those basic things it's very much just keeping your eye on it's it's like a a chef you know if a if you worked in a kitchen for five ten years um and then you you know you you buy a hotel and you you go off and start doing something uh start doing like the management side of of uh the food service you know you you want to still go in and you know chop veg just just to keep your knife skills up and and little things like that um and there's there's a lot of other development side of things that i want to do like i there's there's other products i want to be working on you know obviously i want to get working on the axes more i want to do um there's a a few personal projects i want to do and and things um as much as anything just as, as improvements you know I, I want to make as many axes as i can so that actually further down the line i can make an axe that's that's actually worth having mm-hmm. um yeah you know, I, I don't want to just make one and, and move on and go on to the next thing i want to keep improving um so for me like the the kind of what's next is is mostly just more of the same until <laughs> i'm i'm able to do the next thing yeah. um you, you threw you threw in a couple of uh analogies there that kind of caught my caught my ear um one being the gym and yeah. i've got this thing about people who go to the gym and especially the really fucking boring ones who just bang on about the gym all the time and talk about how much they go to the gym and post themselves on instagram going to the gym it's like to what fucking end like what are you doing like what what's the what's the goal yeah like, just doing this many reps like even the, just the word rep just fucking makes me cringe but like you it, 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 you're not learning anything. You yeah. might, you might, you might get a little bit stronger. You might get a little bit faster, but it's not anything different. And the, to just to put, give you a bit of perspective, like when I got the gym, I do different things every time I got the gym, and that's not because I'm not doing it properly. It's like because I'm not going to the gym to do that. I'm going to the gym to exercise. I yeah. don't care that I'm not working this particular muscle. Like I, you know, I'd I'd be going climbing trees and lifting logs. Yeah for the exercise but unfortunately i can't do that in the middle of the city (laughs) (laughs) um you know it'd be rocky four yeah you know not fucking Dolph lundgren i'd be sylvester stallone yeah because that's what that's what the idea of working out to me is it's it's the kind of the natural things that your body does pushing it to the limit and exhausting yourself yeah and i don't get to do that because i sit in a fucking office all day so unfortunately i have to go and do that at gym but the idea of repetition but the same with the the cooking analogy like yes, 
repetition is good and you learn and you get faster and you get more efficient. But my my sort of concept idea for a restaurant, if I ever get back into that industry, is yeah. every single night it's a different menu. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Menu and the menu is one thing, and it's dinner, and that's what you yeah. have. And yeah. it's like and 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 I cook it. If there's other people working there, they help me cook it. We serve it. Everyone enjoys it, but it's different every night. Yeah, I mean, so, so, so those two things are kind of like I my take on them is slightly different. Yeah, I mean, I, I and when I was talking about um, like the the you don't have to, the you don't have to agree, Steve. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like the cooking analogy, I I completely get because that's one of the things that we were talking about uh, last night is the fact that me and Jasper were talking about it last night. The fact that like there was um, like the, the idea of not changing your menu um, on a regular basis in a restaurant, um, and like the idea of of having the same menu for more than six months. It's fucking terrifying, let alone like well, some... not, not, not even just for seasonality of fucking ingredients for one. Thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, the like the gym analogy, like I'm, I'm not gonna even go there. Cause, uh, <laughs> you can't. No, it's we just argue back and forth for fucking ages. <laughs> um, you no, you would. I'd be doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve still uh, yelling at the weight plate. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, no, I and. But I think that's that's kind of what I mean, though. It, it is like for for personal development. I think it's 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 one of those things where you have to, oh, for me anyway, I have to make sure that I'm still doing those those basic things. It, it's it's that um, the reason I use the chef analogy is because I was watching. Um, I, I posted up on Instagram. I watched um, the film Chef. Hmm. again uh over the weekend and there's the netflix uh tv series and um and i put that on um whilst i was running around doing some other bits and um and jazz was commenting on the fact that uh the way that john favreau was uh chopping she was like he can't have been the same person that was chopping in the film because look at how he's chopping now and i was like yeah but you think about it he was probably doing that um, like he he did a, a culinary course before filming it. He was probably doing it for six months beforehand, and and he probably spent an entire day just chopping. Like, so one, I I know exactly what scene I know exactly what scene you're talking about, and I said yeah. exactly the same thing to Dandles because we were watching that that same episode last night. Yeah. And I said I said exactly that. I was like, he has yeah. no fucking idea what he's doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he and he's chopping like he's never chopped before, and yeah. this is evident. And everything he was doing, it was like somebody was new to it, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Love the, I love the fact that he's passionate about it and he's interested and he wants to learn and he's got all the kit. And this is great. But what is a testament to is how good a fucking actor he is. Yeah. Because in the film, he makes it look like he's a professional chef and yeah. he knows exactly what he's doing. And and even down to the knife skills and the, the sort of the behavior around ingredients yeah. and stuff. It was like I, I was, I bought into it watching the film. Yeah. Because of the way he was acting when he seen and, in real life, real life in the documentary. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know what he's doing. I was like, "That's fucking brilliant." That means he's just a yeah. really good actor. <laughs> yeah, but but the thing is, is when when he was filming it, he was probably like I say, he was probably doing it for for six months straight, yeah, just yeah, constantly yeah. doing it again and again and again. And then he spent what that film's like what ten years old now or something. And um, yeah, he's probably not done a single <laughs> uh, like meal like that since he filmed it. So those skills are rusty. Those skills are, are out of date, which means that although. He does have that basic skill set and that 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 muscle memory there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like he's not then going to go on and cook 
the fanciest meal ever because you know he's he's just going to get used to chopping onions again, sort of thing. <laughs> Uh, uh, I like I like the analogy of the professional actor or or Favreau in general because having recently just watched uh, the newest Spider Man, yeah, um, yeah, there's no wonder he doesn't have the knife skills that he used to. Have. He's just been practicing wearing suits and flying airplanes. <laughs> um, now the, all of this this kind of going forward for me. Um, in an oddly similar fashion to the John F- Favreau actor thing, I don't know. I'm trying for a stretch here. Give me, give me a second. Um, I, you know, I've been trying to amass skills and pick up as much knowledge as I have, or picking up as much knowledge as I have over the last couple of years has really just given me a little bit more direction. Like it allows me to look at the things that I don't want or that I'm not interested in, but at least I had exposure to them. And knowing that, you know, every, every episode on the channel or every, every video that I produce feels like it's, it's a constant series of, I've never done this before, but I think I get it. So in that moment in time, maybe a year ago, it was like, well, John Favreau is not a professional chef, but he can play one on TV. When I was first doing that sword where Steve helped me, the big cutlass, I had no idea what I was doing, like whatsoever. And not to say that I am in a master level by any means nowadays, but compared to where things were when I first really tried to get into blacksmithing and do things correctly based on what I had seen online or the information that Steve was feeding me, so many parts of that project are wrong but I'm still proud of the video that got produced and I'm happy with the product that came out of it in terms of like, I wanted to make a sword. Well, technically it's a edged weapon that you can swing and has a handle. So in that capacity, I mean, I was a sword maker for an episode, but not really. And now going forward, it's like, I'm, I'm not even going to have, you know, a lot of the equipment that would make something like sword making easier um, it's something that I would want to do again or try more. Like Steve was saying with the axes, I would, I would love to try more f- fantasy weapons or stuff from video games, just stuff that sparks my interest in terms of like geometry and, and the way you would create these shapes and steel. But there's this, there's a part of me that looks at it as like, well, if I don't cut batons out of a pepper for six months after this, am I going to lose my knife skills? Hmm. You know, I, there's going to be a break from blacksmithing for a little bit just based on like travel and, and space. And I'm not a hundred percent sure that I'm going to have, uh, you know, everything set up that I would need to work on steel projects, uh, back in Kansas city. But, uh, I, I don't know. Some something about those those actors that are able to kind of chameleon themselves, or somebody like Favreau that's able to produce something like Chef, and then years and years later, he's doing you know four completely different projects, or he's in this Marvel universe now, and he's Chef was a great movie, but I don't equate Favreau with any of that anymore. So my next step is like. Well, what happens now? Do things ramp up or do they change a completely different direction? Is it just an evolution of things? I like the idea of the evolution of things. 
Yeah, I, th- I think you know what's coming next, and and plans don't always have to be radical. They don't always have to be like totally binary. Like I'm completely changing what I'm doing this week. I'm yeah. doing that, you know, like it can just be this plus this, or this yeah. changed a little bit. You know, Brett, you talk about this kind of amassing knowledge and amassing skills. You look at someone like Adam Savage, and he's exactly the same. He wants to 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 just find out new things and try new things and see what interesting new things people and the power that has, it's not just about him. It's about sort of the other people that he's looking at. Yeah. Some of the things he's like, he, he will absolutely admit he would never be able to do, you know, he didn't, he didn't have Barnaby Dixon on so he could like learn how to do finger puppetry and then start <laughs> making finger puppets, you know, that, you know, he, he, he yeah. went as far as, you know, making a fake sword to take down uh, to see Terry English where, he helped him yeah. make a suit of armor. It wasn't yeah. so then he could go back and make and suddenly become, you know, someone who makes suits of armor professionally. Well, um, yeah. he, he's just he's sort of absorbing a little bit of it, but then promoting the other person, which I think is yeah. another really powerful side to this. Is like what's what? It's not necessarily just what's next for me. It's what's next for the people around me because they might not have seen this person. Yeah, you know, yeah. they might. I, I don't think I'd ever would have come across Barnaby Dixon if it wasn't for people in the maker community. Which yeah, would have yeah. been a fucking travesty because he's amazing. Yeah. Um, but short of one scene in um, Dark Crystal, which I recognised even before I knew it was him, you know, I, I, I might not have ever come across his work. So it's 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 also like, what's next for you might help other people. Yeah, and and I think one of the things is because you said uh, when you started that um, little piece about the the fact that uh, what Ram- plans ramble. Um, and and that, that that's the thing is plans change constantly. Um, and I think uh, Brett kind of said it best is is the fact that it's 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 not necessarily a plan; it's an evolution. Yeah, you know, it's things that evolve naturally. You can't. There's so so many things that you can't control, and so few things that you can. And and it's like having a fuck off great ship that you're trying to steer but you're trying to steer it with, you know, a little oar from a dinghy. Like you can, you can put a little bit in there and you can put all your effort and you can get a little bit there, but if it wants to go left, it's going to go left sort of thing. And, um, and you have to be, you have to, to try to go for where you, you know, you, you've got an end goal and you, you try and you aim for that. But I think uh, the, the, I don't want to say the key to success because that sounds like a really, wanky thing to say mm-hmm. but like for me the key to it is being able to to adapt and change and to go with what's happening next i mean when i when i set out when i first started doing the blacksmithing thing i there was no way that i could could have even envisaged what was going to happen over the um next few years and you know i the position i'm in now i ne- i never would have thought i would have been there um, yeah, I didn't want to. I, I wasn't particularly interested in the kind of smithing that I'm doing now. I wasn't. I had no interest whatsoever in the maker community because I didn't even know it existed. Um, and and now, you know, my my plans, as it were, in the very loosest sense possible, um, kind of revolve around someone else's business. So Al- Alex's business. And things happening within the maker community—it's uh, it's it's a weird position to be in. And I think um, Brett 
you're particularly quite good at, at just kind of like going with the flow. And like I say, yes, you might not be able to have the forge set up, but there's going to be so many other things that you're going to be doing. I don't think that's going to be an issue. And then, like I say, when when you do eventually get the the forge set back up again, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be shit for the first couple of times you're you're forging. But those, <laughs> those muscle memories will come back. That you know, you'll yeah. you'll start picking things up again. And yeah, you might find that actually you have to make a load of shit tapers or whatever just to to get back into the swing of it. But you know, you you cut those carrots. It's it's fine. You know, oh, it, well put. Cut just, those carrots. Yeah, it's just getting yourself back into that um, that kind of headspace. It's like if you go away for on holiday for a bit and you you, know, you don't get to Might to you. make or to do anything. It's it's fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you, you don't get to to do those things, and and then when you get back, there's always that um, that that struggle of getting back into the flow of things or back into the swing of things. And it, it doesn't take very long. It's the same as, again, using the gym analogy. You know, if you stop training for a while and you go back, it's it's much quicker to 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 um, get back to the strength or the fitness level or whatever that you were at previously if you've already been there before because, you know, you've got that, that muscle memory. You know what things look out for you you know you're aware of all these things so you're not um you're not worried about uh learning it it's just remembering it instead mm-hmm. um so yeah i think i think you'd be fine yeah well it's yeah it's my my normal pessimism right with just looking at things and going well it's not exactly um like everything's not perfectly set up for me to to jump to the next thing and just like have the shop, have the setup, camera gear, ready to shoot YouTube, you know. Yeah. Think financially, things are always gonna be, you know, financially tight just because that's how we all exist. But um it's the idea that that I have, you know, my own set of blacksmithing tools and I have other tools woodworking tools and all of these all of these small things that i've amassed that like i'm the more i look at it the more i realize i i i am pretty self-sufficient at this point and it's never stopped me in the past to kind of up and move and rob said it last week where he's like oh i see you as a little nomadic except for in that amazing accent that he has um it's always been like that for 10, 12 years now, I've, I've always kind of been able to like pick up and move on to the next thing and never really been too afraid of whatever the next step is. Cause it's like whatever it took me to make the decision to do the next step. Yeah. Everything that follows after that is like you said, adapting and being willing to, to understand that the ship wants to go left. So you, you let the ship, you don't fight the ship, right? That's just where it's yeah. going. And then maybe maybe you end up finding something really great over there. All, all um, I can think of with, with the ship that you try to steer is like, I just want to speed it up and just like jump the road like in Little <laughs> <Like Dying. laughs> Just go. like, fuck, I changed trajectory, just speed up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in a weird way, that could also just be what ends up happening, right? Is whatever direction this is that I'm taking, I'm seeing it as an opportunity to just, you know, I'm obviously making the decision for myself because I want more time for myself. I really want to explore more of what I can do if I have more time. I think that's yeah. something that all of us want. 
yeah. is more time, more time to do anything that it is not necessarily the making, but just like any part of your life that you want more of that time. We're always going to look to provide more time to that passion. Yeah. And since this is what I want to do. And at the end of the day, everything over the last say year of me wanting to do more has always just come down to like lacking time. That's yeah. it. And so this is, my attempt to, you know, maybe this ship is just going straight and I go, fuck it, let's just go faster. Maybe that's what it is because I have more time. So I should technically be able to just go go more, like yeah. increase the throttle, go forward. I mean, all ahead full. There's, um, I, can't, well, I can't remember the exact saying, but the, the crux of it is if, if your life is not where you want it to be, if if your situation isn't where you want it to be, then something has to change. Mm. And if nothing around you is changing, then you have to make that change. Um, you know, whether it's quitting your job, whether it's moving away, whether it's joining the gym or giving up at the gym, or whether it's cutting carrots or doing whatever, like you, know, you have to instigate that change. And like so many of the things that um that i've done over the last uh three or four years um have come from being willing to you know meet new people take the opportunities do the you know, make those big changes and i hate people and i fucking hate change like <laughs> i i would be so much happier if i was just in my little warm cocoon not really having to talk to anyone and just yeah nice and snuggly and warm and cozy but nothing good ever comes from that like it's good you, if you want good things you have to be willing to to make those changes and and to move forward um and it it it's one of those things that it's taken me so long to kind of get my head around and now it's gotten to the point where i am far more willing to to when those future plans and things come up just say yeah fuck it i'll do it um and then have a panic attack about it half an hour later once everyone else is gone like <laughs> it, it it doesn't mean that i'm any more um uh excited or, or willing to accept the fact that you know those those things are happening it's just the fact that i'm now willing to say actually this is a good thing and intellectually say yeah let's do it and then the like irrational emotional side of me can then panic about it afterwards because it's intellectually I know like the absolute worst thing that's going to happen is I lose all my money and have to sell my house and move back in with mum and dad like that that's it that's that's the worst that can happen I'm not going to die it's fine and if I die <laughs> I'll be dead I won't know it's fine but yeah, yeah. oh yes uh it, it, it kind of makes me think of Maker Central. I know uh, in the pre-show we were talking about it a little bit more, but you know, ever since Nick fully announced the Maker Central return, it's like everybody's jumping on board faster this year. Or everyone's yeah, yeah. super excited about it earlier this year, and in a similar fashion, it's, it's like, you know the first year that we went out there and did it was a complete like caution to the wind. First, yeah. first go around, we had never met each other in person and a lot of the other people that attended there, you know, and it was everybody throwing caution to the wind and just saying like, this is the direction that things are going in. And what's the worst that could happen? I spend money and what I got to yeah. move 
I, I come back with maybe yeah. nothing. I don't know, whatever. There wasn't really a negative or, or anything that um, could have taken away from that experience other than yourself, right? Yeah. It was how much you wanted to put into it. And then we go to last year, year two, everything ramped up quite a bit and you still got a sense that there were people that didn't attend because they didn't quite know or you know, maybe it was going to be the last year. So some people did attend because <laughs> it was the last year. And now here we are, the announcement's gone out for year three and like everybody, everybody is already, you know, we're six months out and people are already booking hotels and flights and all of these things because you, I think it's infectious, right? It's infectious when a few people start making a move, even if it seems a bit nomadic or, or I don't know, just flippant decision-making well, then another couple of people try that thing and go, you know what? They they came out the other side fine. They didn't get hurt through that decision-making process. Even if people spent money to go over to Maker Central, I'm sure everybody got a good experience out of the last couple of years. I know that it's paid dividends back to me in terms of my friendships that I've made and solidifying relationships with the I don't know, Al and Joe and the forge and all the people that I got to meet over there. It just, it feels like a second space that I exist in for a week out of the year. You know, I know that anybody that's getting uh, excited about doing it this year, it's, it's that infectious positivity of like throwing caution to the wind or just saying like, this is going to be my next step. Whatever comes out of it is up to me Mm. and what I want to put into it. But it's becoming this example of of how <laughs> a bunch of us similar weirdos are all making the same decisions and then all <laughs> benefiting from it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like the maker community is a is a fantastic example of um, how you can make a success of yourself in doing the thing that you love if you're willing to take those risks. Yes. Um, and and for the most part, those risks are pretty fucking minimal. It's like you might lose a bit of money on a ticket and you might have a couple of days where you stand around awkwardly or <laughs> you know, and, and that's yeah, raising it. fucking 5 million that you've yeah, never and, done anything in your life. And and then you go home again and you carry on with your life as it was like that. That's it. That's the worst for like going to an event like that, like for um the, you know, for doing the U- YouTube thing, like, you know, you, you spend a bit of money on buying, a camera or you use your camera phone you waste a few hours filming something a few hours editing it um you learn some new skills uh you make a video you put it on the internet and again the worst thing that comes out of it is some person on the internet is mean and leaves a mean comment like that that that's it like the the kind of cost benefit or risk benefit factors you're dealing with here are fucking hugely stacked in favor of just not even throwing caution to the wind because it's not it's 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 not a big deal you just you do it you see if you enjoy it and you know it's not for everyone like i i love the idea like the romantic idea of going like i'm just gonna make videos for a living and that's gonna be it but for me that's not gonna work that's not where i want to be like i'm still gonna be making videos but i make them for fun you know, I don't make the, uh, that's why I don't put a video out every well every year at the moment but you know I I just I do what I do them because I enjoy them and because they afford me 
the opportunity to do other things and be involved in other things. And um, and I think too many people kind of they fret and worry about you know the risks of of oh if I do this then this this and this is going to happen. Fucking not. Like I say, like the worst you're going to get is is some arsehole that lives in their mother's basement leaving a, a nasty comment on your video. Like, just delete the comment and move on with your life. <laughs> and I know, I know, I know full well it's not that easy. Like, I still have things that people have said to me when I was fourteen that, like, on a random Tuesday evening, I'll be led in bed and that will just play over in my head. I'm like, oh god, I'm the worst person <laughs> in the world. But shit like that happens to everyone and it doesn't matter whether you put a video out on on youtube or whether you go to an event and someone says something or whatever like you're always going to have those moments you're always going to have those little things that play in your head and and make you feel like a dick but if you take the chance and you go out there you might find that actually you get something that doesn't make you feel like a dick it makes you feel fucking spiffing Uh, what was the order? Sorry, Sab. Sab, which means I'm first. Uh, so I'm going to go with someone that I uh, have only just recently started following. Um, he's a sculptural caster who I'm fairly certain is based pretty close to me. Um, but I need to do a little bit more research and find out because I would very much like to go and meet the guy. Hmm. Um, but his name's Rich. Uh, he is from the Lost Foundry. Um, and uh, as you might have guessed uh, by Foundry, he does a lot of casting stuff. Um, so he casts a lot of stuff for different artists and so on. Uh, the tagline being, you keep sculpting, we'll keep casting. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like... Uh, I, I found him because a friend uh, put them up on her um, Instagram page uh, because she'd gone down and met him. Um, just looking through the stuff that he's got on his page, there's some gorgeous stuff. You I know, mean, obviously, a lot of it is um, stuff that's been produced by other artists, and and he's uh, copying it. Well, not copying it, but like um, uh, taking a mold of it and then casting it. Um, but there's some gorgeous stuff on there and he seems to be a really fun, interesting guy as well. Uh, I'm just quickly, I'm trying to talk so I can find the actual address uh, and his name. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, really, really cool. I'll, I'll put the link in the um, in the show. Uh, it's The Lost Foundry, which on Instagram is Rich's underscore sculptural underscore castings. Um, and we all know how much we love underscores. Uh, so, yeah, go check him out. Nothing to do with future other than at some point in the future, I might like to go visit him. <laughs> it's good. Go check that out. Uh, so, Al. Yes. Um, mine's kind of about kind of what's next and potential forward looking and thinking. Um I think we might have touched on this guy in the past, but he's called Richard Browning, uh, and his company is Gravity Industries, and he Ooh. basically makes uh, jetpacks. Oh, he's, yeah. he's the guy that Adam went to see when he built oh, right. uh, yeah, Iron yeah. Man costume. Gotcha. Um, well, he's just broken the uh, 
Guinness World Record for like speed with a jetpack. Um and the guy's just unbelievable. So like obviously he's incredibly wealthy, um, as all good billionaire ph- philanthropists are, but he's um he's basically taking shit to the next level all the time. And yeah. he is essentially Iron Man. Um yeah. <laughs> uh, his, his suit's really cool. Um it it, it develops with each iteration it's getting you know lighter simpler easier faster um and yeah he did just this week has broken the 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 the, the world record for for flying a, yeah. a jetpack so keep on going check him out um gravity industries is the channel on youtube it's really cool they show a lot of like um r&d and behind the scenes and stuff and um it's a bit promotional so i think they're kind of just using it as a platform to sell you know yeah. you, you go you go and pay a lot of money to to, to, to have a go and fly around mm-hmm. in it but mm-hmm. um yeah if you if you can kind of peel back that veneer of uh money um yes. what he's doing <laughs> what he's doing is is fucking stunning uh, yeah. and i love it so yeah richard yeah. browning yeah. uh he's incredibly handsome and and, and posh mm-hmm. yeah. um but gravity industries on youtube yeah nice shout and just to pre-warn anyone that tries to uh look at the gravity gravity industries youtube channel whilst they're still recording a podcast there are adverts that will autoplay about Grammarly, and it's very <laughs> distracting while I was talking. Oh, um, not not Monday. I, I, I prefer the Monday ones to gravity ones because if you have a business, you have to get Monday. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, but the Grammarly ones, I always know it's Grammarly because I can hear that dun 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 dun, dun piano bit, and it's <laughs> fucking. Uh. Uh, oh, whatever the shit yeah. website one is. What's the shit website one? Uh, Wix. Wix. Or Squarespace. Wix, yeah, right, not easy. Wix. The, uh, the 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 fantastic building supply. They are a fantastic building supply. <laughs> uh, my website is Wix run, so shut and up. your website's lovely. Yes. <laughs> um, is it my turn? Yay! Yes. All right, yeah. Uh, my only connection to future is that I've been watching this young gentleman, uh, and following a bit of his work for a while now. And I didn't realize he had a YouTube channel and his, his work is really, really fantastic because it's a great mixture of traditional blacksmithing techniques, but also utilizing a lot of power tools and oxyacetylene torch and ending up with these beautiful sculptural pieces that would be basically impossible to do, not impossible, but very difficult to do without using future tech as well as traditional blacksmithing techniques. So his name is Joshua Delisle, D-E space L-I-S-L-E. He's British. So Steve or Al, he's within five hours of you. Um, he does some really amazing work. His, his Instagram is Delisle designer blacksmith, all one word. Um, I found him after specifically, I think uh, Chris Cash actually sent me his information a while back. And then once I started getting into his work, he has some stags, like these beautiful forged ornate sculptural stags that are, they're either bookends or something, but he has an image of them kind of going in, like battling each other with their antlers pointed inwards. Uh it was such a striking image that I just thought it was a really cool drawing. And then it turns out it was made fully from forged metal. So (laughs) 
he's quite impressive. He doesn't have a ton of stuff on his Instagram just yet, but I'm keeping an eye on him because I'm learning a lot by watching his YouTube videos and as somebody who uh, appreciates the form of an antler, he happens to be he happens to be spiffing. I think his work speaks for itself. So go check him out. Nice. Cool. Uh, is there any other business? Uh, treasure trade. Stay on it. You only got a bit of time left. Cool. Uh, and the other one, which Al has very well pointed out in the chat, uh, is the uh, raffle thing that... Uh, I was going to say Mystery Science Theater 3000, then it's not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's maybe I've no, said that was, too an, much. that was a good show. That was a good show. Uh, yeah, uh, maybe I've said too much. Uh, the guys from there are running in conjunction with Tony Rouleau, uh, and you can win one of his wonderful planes. Oh, um, and they yes. are beautiful. Uh, there will be a post on uh, our. Instagram, as well as the maybe Instagram and probably in both of the Facebook groups, um, just as soon as Joel gets his shit together and actually sends us the graphic that he said he was going to send us three days ago. Uh, Get your shit and put it in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, check out uh, either of our uh, Instagrams for more information on that. You can win a fucking gorgeous plane, help out a good charity, and everyone is a winner. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, anything else from you two? Fools at Two's podcast does not condone gambling. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's not It's not a gamble. You just... It is by law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's it. In which case, uh, if you want to get hold of us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's fully waterproof Hack Shack! Yay! Uh, oh, Al, I've just seen your T-shirt. Nice T-shirt. Um, Have you actually uh, seen hey, it, though? Yeah. Yeah, because I only saw the top bit earlier on. And no, they did, did, so they did the, the whole uh, National Football League and paired each team with a band. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. this was just a perfect match. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, those, those two I associate with being with each other anyway. Exactly. Um, uh, who was it? I was speaking to someone the other day, and they commented on the fact that every time I say uh, Brett when I'm doing the social things, I roll the R. Uh, yeah. It's completely Brett. Brett uh, <laughs> related. Um, yeah. Uh, if you want to uh, speak to us, you can find us... Uh, in the Fools with Tools Facebook group. Um, if you want to know all the links and stuff, uh, they get put on the website most of the time. Um, uh, FWTpodcast.com. And if you want to see all of the lovely work that Al does uh, on the thumbnails where he makes all of us look rather silly, uh, you can see it on the Instagram account, which is FWT Podcast or at FWT Podcast. Go uh, follow it. It's great. The thumbnails are so good. The thumbnails are the best part of this show. Uh, And that's it. We love you. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Done.